Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, says this, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you'll have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. That verse uh, we looked at a little over a month ago. And that verse right there sets the pace for our passage this morning. Uh, The next section right after verse 1 talks about giving. uh, That you shouldn't give uh, as an act of somehow gaining attention uh, for yourself from other people. Practicing your righteousness before other people. And then from there, uh, Jesus spoke to them about prayer. Uh, That prayer is not something that you kind of grandstand and allow people to think better of you than you are. Um, And that's not a way of gaining uh, someone's attention. And then this morning, we will look at fasting. Um, And that, too, is uh, in the same pattern where Jesus is speaking to the people and he's explaining to them that his kingdom is different. That the way he does things and the way that life will be with him will be different. Uh, So if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you uh, this section on fasting. (coughs) God's word says this, verse 16. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces That their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. God, I ask your blessing on our time. Uh, Lord, we need you uh, to work intimately in this time. Uh, As your son Jesus, as he was sharing these words, uh, said that he preached a message of repentance, a message of change. And God, I pray this morning that you would do that work of change in our hearts. Uh, God, even if we don't want it, Lord, I ask that you would prepare the soil and be winsome in our hearts. Uh, God, we need you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Verse 16, it says, and when you fast. And even uh, bringing up the issue of fasting in our church uh, is somewhat unique. I want to tell you that, and I want to be real careful as I share this with you, that I even read an article this week about, uh, is the Bible relevant? Is the Bible relevant? Or has culture, is culture so different that it doesn't have um, the connection it used to and is an outdated book? Uh, I believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. I believe that it is active and it it works in us in ways that we can't imagine. But as I come to the issue of fasting, um, I almost want to say that it's hard for us to relate to. And the reason being is because we eat all the time. All the time. Uh, The idea of skipping a meal... Uh, is an inconvenience that few of us uh, ever do. In fact, most of us, when it comes to food, uh, we strategize. We strategize. We dream. We plan 
plan ahead. We say, you know, on Wednesday, I'm going to have this. And so I'm going to get this on this day. And I'm going to have to get off work a little bit early because I got this great meal and I'm going to need these. And there's this huge, huge uh, drawing up to plotting our steps ahead so we can share in a meal, so we can eat. Most of us have watched the Food Network more than once. Most of us um, uh, like to eat. Uh, we dream of it. In fact, uh, some of you, me, b- just bringing up the topic, it's a little bit too close uh, to lunchtime for you to be talking about food when you're sitting in church. It's a little rough. Um, I remember as a, um, as a young man sitting in church and wondering what my mom had cooked for lunch and getting excited or depressed, depending on what uh, I knew was coming. Our, our lives, um, in some ways, are obsessed with food. And so talking about fasting uh, is somewhat foreign to us this morning. Uh, that's not because uh, the Bible's wrong, it's because we are wrong. Um, the idea of fasting is a spiritual sacrifice. It's the idea of giving up food so that we can focus on the Lord, so that we could spend time with Him. So that we could commune with Him. Uh, It's many times connected with prayer and seeking the Lord's direction. And so as we come to this passage, don't get hung up on uh, the issue of fasting. But know this, that as Jesus would have addressed this group of people, they would have been very familiar with fasting. In fact, it says uh, of the Pharisees that they actually nearly every week... They would fast on Monday and Thursday. I didn't really get why Monday and Thursday. And I wasn't sure, like maybe on Tuesday and Friday, they went to the buffet after that. I don't know. But um, this idea that it was part of the fabric of their life. And as these Jewish followers, they would have said, oh, yeah, I know about fasting. I even think as we touch on this subject, that Jesus was not just talking hypothetically that someone could do this, but that that he was describing the issues of the religious leaders and what was in the fabric of this Jewish community. And so as he uh, addresses the issue of fasting, they were very familiar with it. They were uh, talking about what it is to make spiritual sacrifice. Sometimes that's hard for us to even talk about um, because most of us practice a free time religion. What I mean by that is we say, hey, uh, I want to, you know, I'm a Christian. I follow after God. I've trusted in Jesus Christ. And so my life is going to be marked by that. So if I have any free time, I'll do a Bible study. So if I have any uh, leftovers to my life, uh, I'll give it to God. And when it comes to the issue of fasting, uh, it's an issue of taking that which you want and setting it aside to seek after the Lord. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm planning on coughing a little bit today. Um, I have cough drops, so some of you... um, we're shuffling through your purse looking for them. 
Thank you. Um, as we look at the issue of fasting, some of us are so foreign to the idea of setting anything aside for God to seek after him. Most of us say, you know, I, I really should like, you know, I, I, I need to go spend time with God's people. I need to go spend time with God. I need to read my Bible. I need to pray. And so if I have any time left over after I've done what I want to do, I'll seek after him. I want to tell you that, that that's so far from what uh, Jesus was speaking of in chapter 6. He was talking about a different way of his kingdom. And, and I, I share that with you, not to guilt you into wanting something different, but to present to you, as Jesus was, a better way. Like he has something better for you. When you find something better, it no longer becomes the leftovers of life. It becomes the main course. It becomes the driving force in your life. And as Jesus was sharing with them, uh, he was talking about fasting and the idea of setting something aside for God to be with him. And so he addresses this issue. Verse 16. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. What an interesting deal. Do you get it? So they fasted, they fasted, and then they were going to go out and be in the streets, in the public. Maybe they were meeting in the synagogue. And so as they were getting ready, they looked at or considered their appearance as you have this morning. I'm thankful you have. Uh, Y'all look great. Um, But they considered their appearance. And what they said was, I need to have the look of fasting today. You know, I would wash my face, but it kind of helps with the effect. I I want to kind of have that look on my face like I'm famished and I'm exhausted because of what I've done. And there's a purpose behind it. Did you get what the purpose is? What's the purpose? To be seen. To be seen. Um, it, it just seems so counterintuitive, doesn't it? Uh Do you concern yourself with your appearance? Do you concern yourself with your appearance? Yes. You know, we we pick out our clothes and and some clothes just don't go, right? I'm not sure what that means most of the time, but it just doesn't go. Uh, we, We make sure that our clothes, for the most part, are washed. And, you know, sometimes even ironed, unless it's supposed to look that way, right? Um, we, uh, we think through, you know, our, our appearance, our physical appearance. We shower, we shower, some of us shave and some people even like, you know, they do their hair. What a waste of time. Uh, you, you look at the, all that you do and it's for appearance sake. It's for, so when people look at you, there's, they, they see you and they don't go, Oh wow. What happened to them? But now, uh, what does it say? With fasting, they're, they're seeking to be seen in a shabby state. Well, why? Uh, they're doing this so that someone will say, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? What, what, 
Are you okay? Are you okay? There seems like there's something wrong. To which they would answer, Oh, I've been fasting. I've been fasting because the Lord's so important to me. I've been in prayer the last day, you know, because I fasted. Did I tell you that I fasted? You could probably tell because of the way I look. Um, I don't know that anybody here has done that. For fasting, I should say. We have done that, though, haven't we? we ha- we've played the game, right? We've played the game. We've tried to suck people in by our grumpy attitude, by our lack of care and concern. <sighs> You're supposed to ask. <laughs> you know, is there something wrong? We try to draw people in and we say, oh, you know, uh, I've just been so spiritual. I've been praying the night. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm so tired. Why are you tired? Well, I'm a good mom. That's why. Um, I didn't sleep a wink last night because I love my child so much and I'm a good mom. And in fact, I haven't slept in the last week, month. Uh, I haven't slept in the last month because I'm such a good mom. And thanks for noticing, by the way. Thanks for noticing. Um, I did this because I'm good. That's the way moms are. Dads don't do that. They go like this. Sure tired. Sure tired. Why are you tired? Uh, I'm working a lot. Worked 180 hours last week. You probably didn't do that because you're not as hard of a worker as I am. You don't care about your family. (laughs) Drawing people in. Trying to make people think that you're great. So there's some sacrifice that you have made that somehow, some way, that you're causing people to think that you're better than you are. And he uses this word. He's used it before. In fact, he's used it in all these sections that we've looked at. He says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. The hypocrites. Um, I wanted to name my message, hypocrites at church. All are welcome. Uh, hypocrisy, uh, the, the idea, the root word is, is that of the theater, of playing a part uh, of putting on a show. And what it is, it's not just dress up. Do you know what dress up is? You know, uh, most of us know. When, when you're a child, you, you want to play dress up. And so you you raid your parents' closet or you get some kind of outfit on. And you traipse around the house pretending that you're someone that you're not or an animal or whatever. You, that, that's what you do. That's not what a hypocrite is. The picture here is that of the theater, of renting out the big room, bringing everyone in. Sit here. I want to show you who I am. I want to show you. I'm going to put on a show here, and you're going to know who I am by this show. And then to hop up on stage, put on a costume, portray yourself (coughs) as you desire everyone to, to know who you are. And yet the the picture here is this, that that's a show. That that's not who we are. And he warns us again. He says, 
Don't, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be one who is portraying yourself as that you're not. I think sometimes we, there's tons of areas in our life where we struggle with this. When we go out on the town and maybe we do this when it comes to our family life, our marriage, our character and who we are. Maybe we go to Bible study and we want to have all the answers and sound spiritual and always say the right thing. And yet in our heart, we're rejecting and we're never willing to say, I'm struggling. We come to church and, you know, we talk about things. And even as I shared last week, extending a hand to say, we want to walk with you. And you say, nope, I don't need any help from you. I don't need any help. And yet, uh, there's this two different things. There's a portrayal that you don't need any help. And yet, in the privacy of your own life, you know, I'm a mess. I do need help. So he addresses them as as hypocrites. Well, what do the hypocrites do? Um, They play a part. They do this theater living that puts on a show. They have gloomy figures in their faces. There's distortion. And their desire is to give off an impression. (coughs) It's, It's the idea of carrying a persona. It's the idea that somehow people will think something when they see me. And it's not that that's wrong, but that they would see something different than is reality when they see me. It's interesting, um, as you look at this, it says, Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. It's interesting because they're purposely neglecting uh, their appearance so that they can be seen. Most of the time, we don't do that, right? When we know we're going to be seen, we say, I don't want to look bad, but in hopes of looking sacrificial and spiritual, they purposely neglect it so it can be seen. And then um, it says this, they It's the idea that they want to stand out in a bad sense, in a martyr type sense. But this is what it says about the person who does this, this hypocrite. It says, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Um, Well, that person, that person, that hypocrite, what was their desire? Their desire was to be seen by men. And once they're seen by men, they want people to say, boy, are you spiritual? Boy, are you spiritual? And guess what happens? If you desire to be seen by men and you portray yourself to be spiritual, men will see it and they will reward you with their approval. It's a done deal. It can happen. It's true. You can attain your goal of being thought well in the eyes of men. You can, you can do it. It happens every day. And even as I, I share that, I think I shared three, four weeks ago when we were talking about the same issues, that I struggle with this probably more than any of us here. Uh, I, I wonder, I wonder, well, what do you think of me? Even sometimes as I'm preaching, I'm going, what's going through your mind right now? I really wish I would know. 
Some of you go, I, I really hope you don't know what's going through my mind right now while you're preaching. We struggle with this. And what, what he says, if you hypocritically desire to put on a show in your own spiritual sacrifice that you would be thought of as great, guess what happens? If you do it to be seen by men, guess what? They'll see it and you've got your reward. <laughs> Done deal. Jesus uh, goes from the wrong way to do it. He shares that in verse 17. He says, but when you fast. And what that is, that, that's a hinge right there. He says, this is, you know, that, that's the wrong way to do it. But here's a new kingdom idea. Here's something different. In fact, they were, as I shared before, I think they were very familiar with how that went. I think they had participated in it. They'd seen the Pharisees, the religious leaders model it. They say, that's what you do. When you're fasting, you got to look like it. Because if you don't look like it, no one will know. And you won't get any approval. You won't get anything. Jesus says, i got a different way for you. i, I got a different idea of what this kingdom is like. It's not like something you, you've seen before. He says, so this is the true way to spirituality. This is true communion with God. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others. That's different, isn't it? As we look at it, uh, it's the complete op- opposite. He says, the, the fasting's good. Fasting's good. You should be doing that. You, you should, there should be times where you forego food that you could seek that communion with God. You should be burdened about decisions, and so you bring those before Him. And he says, and, but when you do, but when you, when you do fast, when you do sacrifice in that way, do it differently. Anoint your head and wash your face. If you've stayed up all night praying, if you've sacrificed to the Lord, if you've worked diligently for Him, if you've sought to give Him what you thought that He desired from you, and you're exhausted or hungry or weak because of it, clean yourself up and move on. Even if you're tired, even if you're hungry, even if you feel frail and weak and battered and even sick. Why? Because this is the kingdom way. This is what Jesus came to present. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. The picture here is this, and it, it's the same idea. It's the same idea that young people struggle with all the time. Uh, do you remember what it's like to be young? Some of you do not. I don't think it's because of your memory, but some of you have blocked it out purposely. You've washed over it and say, we'll never think about those things again. It's typical with the young, and I know we have some young here, so I want to dance gingerly on this. I don't want to 
offend, especially our young people. Um, this is what happens. You get a little bit of freedom. Sometime in your life, you get a little bit of freedom. And so you're out. You're out and about. You're out without your parents. And you're out with other people uh, that are of your own age. It's called the Sea of Fools. Um, just trying to be ginger. Uh, so uh, you're, you're in the Sea of Fools. And you get ideas when you're out there. You get ideas. You, uh, um, uh, someone says, hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And then they're like, hey, I got a great idea. Hey, what's your great idea? Let's take rocks and see who can break a window first. I got a pretty good arm. I bet you don't have a very good arm. You probably couldn't even break. Oh, yes, I could. I could break that window over there. And it'll only take me five rocks. Oh, yeah, I can do it in two. Prove it. Back, forth. Great idea. Came to fruition, right? Sometimes it's not as uh, difficult or as um, insignificant as a, a broken window. A broken window is no big deal, kids. All you got to do is pay for it. No big deal. Uh, Pastor Mike has a great story about breaking uh, windows as a kid. You might want to ask him about it. Sometimes it's worse. Sometimes we get together and someone says, Hey, um, I got an older brother and sister and, and they were doing this stuff. I don't really know about it. It's like, you know, they were lighting it on fire and smoking it and they were popping this pill. And I tried it the other day. It made me feel really weird, but kind of in a weird, cool way. You want to try some? I don't know. Other times uh, get together and someone says, hey, a bunch of us are going out. There's this barn that no one ever goes to anymore. And we got, you know, uh, some stuff to drink and uh, it's going to be a party. You should come. You should come. You know, I hooked up with this girl and, you know, we're out doing this and you should you should hook up with this other girl. We should go together and it's great. You know, don't be afraid. Come on. What's happening in the Sea of Fools um, is, and this this happens, this happens uh, all around all the time. It's happened in every generation. Someone will say in the midst of these conversations, I don't know if my dad would like it if I did this. And everyone's head cranks over to that person and goes, what? Who cares what your dad thinks? And everyone's bearing down on this one young man or young woman. And they're, they're asking the question, who cares what your dad thinks? I don't care what your dad thinks. You should care what I think. And bearing down on them and saying, you need to think differently. You need to think like us. And you say, well, what does this have to do with fasting and all this other stuff? I want to point out to you something that I have belabored these last few weeks, and I will do it again. What's the identification of God in this passage? How how is he identified Verse 16, verse 18, I'm sorry. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father. By your father. 
as we think about these things, there's only one that matters. And as we're out and about doing whatever we're doing, the question is, what does our father think about this? As I think about uh, the pressures in life, there's always someone willing to grade you. There's always some, someone willing to inspect you and see what you're doing. And so most of us have learned that, hey, I'm going to get inspected, so I better play to the inspectors. Instead of realizing that life is lived in the eyesight and the relationship of our Heavenly Father. I love that. that, um, So one of the things I've heard over and over in my life is character is what you do when no one's looking. People talk about that all the time. Well, what do you do when no one's looking, when no one can see you? That's who you are. That's your character. There's a theological problem with that idea. He's always watching. He's always there. And there's a sweetness to that that we should embrace. There's a thrill of our own hearts that that should, uh, the thought that, that he is involved. My daddy is with me all the time. That when I'm alone or whether I'm in a crowd of thousands of people, that I am living in relationship to him. And that whether I feel like he's calling me to set aside food for a time, guess what? That's between me and him. And if I feel like uh, he wants me to sacrifice in some other way, to stay up all night, to give and to serve in different ways, that, that's between me and him. And guess what? Our daddy who loves us, our father, our relationship that we're in, he sees everything. And not just sees everything, but he rewards the one in relationship with him. The... the uh, The passage here, it's not that you can't be rewarded by the approval of men. You can. It's just laid side by side to your heavenly father's rewards. And he says, what do you want? What relationship matters to you most? Is it the approval of men? Or is it the relationship you have with your heavenly father? I want to tell you that we should sacrifice to him. We should set aside things. We should worship him and seek him and look for his direction. Be willing to do that. But this passage tells us, cover your tracks. Cover your tracks. This isn't about the approval of men. It's about your relationship with your heavenly father. Let's pray. You are our Heavenly Father. It's hard to imagine that you would want relationship with us, that you would grant us that, that you would allow us to be in relationship with you, but you paid for it in your Son, Jesus. And so, our Father, I ask that you would um, tune our hearts, adjust our hearts to care only about you. That we would not seek popularity or the approval of men, the accolades that they would give. 
but that we would only concern ourselves with our relationship with you. God, thank you for the grace as we fail, even in our our seeking to sacrifice to you, we fail. God, thank you for your forgiveness in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.